tan pants. Why do I buy tan pants, Donna? I don't feel comfortable in them. Those cotton dockers? Oh, I can't begin to tell you how much I hate that commercial. <laughs> really? I like that commercial. You like that commercial? Yeah, it's clever. Now, wait a second. You mean the one where the guys are all standing around, supposedly being very casual and witty? Yeah, that's the one. What could you possibly like about that? I don't know. I like the guys. Yeah, they're so funny and so comfortable with each other. And I could be comfortable, too, if I had pants like that. I could sit on a porch and wrestle around and maybe even be part of a real bull session. Hey, I know guys like that. To me, the dialogue rings true. Even if the dialogue did ring true, even if somehow, somewhere, men actually talk like that, what does that have anything to do with the pants? Doesn't that bother you? That's the idea. That is what is clever about it, that they're not talking about the pants. But they're talking about nothing. That's the point. I know the point. No one is telling you to like it. I mean, all those quick shots of the pants, just pants, 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 pants. But what is that supposed to be? Hello, and welcome to The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm Eric. On today's episode, we welcome Gretchen German. Gretchen has appeared in a number of films and TV shows, including Home Improvement, Wings, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Grudging Amy, Will and Grace, Criminal Minds, and Modern Family. Seinfeld fans will always remember her for playing Donna in the classic season two episode, The Phone Message. And we're so glad she can join us today. Thank you for being with us, Gretchen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, the pleasure is all ours to have you, because honestly, not only is the phone message one of Eric and I's favorite episodes, you just do such a great job. And you are honestly one of my personal favorite Jerry girlfriends. And I just love your interactions with him and stuff. Wow. Um, thank you very much. Yeah. So before we get into the episode, just wanted to share a little bit of trivia with you and our listeners. Uh, probably one of the most interesting behind the scenes details of your episode is there was actually going to be a completely different episode that aired that was called Bet, um, which was an episode written by Larry Charles. But it wasn't really responded to very well by cast and crew. They didn't really like the script. So they decided to scrap it, and they replaced it with the phone message instead. Um, but they were behind on production. So Larry and Jerry only had a little bit of time to write the script for the phone message. So bearing all that in mind, did the audition process feel rushed at all? Did you have any sense of that? I don't remember the audition process at all. Well, I do know. I knew that, that that it happened really fast. And I know that I was brought in and Mark Hirschfeld was kind of a friend of mine at the time. And he brought me in. I knew, I knew it was a last minute de deal. It was maybe like a, a Friday. Like I think we'd missed, they'd already done a table read of the other episode. And so we had a much shorter rehearsal time. And so Mark brought me in and like read it and they took me directly to the like to production, to the studio and it started, started working. So there wasn't even a table read for that episode. It was just right to rehearsal. <laughs> Maybe we did. We must have. <laughs> we must have start. We must have done something that morning. But um, it was definitely 
a, a short rehearsal period. And your episode was still very early in the show's run. So what was the vibe like on the set that week? You know, I've heard, I, other people who worked on it later said it was very different. But because at, when I was on, it was so new. It had barely, it aired like just the, what was that, like four episodes, that first little tiny short season. So no one really knew anything about it. But there was there was definitely kind of a a vibe about the show like I know my agents had been super excited that I'd gone in on the audition and they got gotten the job and so that there was kind of a thing like people kind of thought this was going to be a special show and the the set was very relaxed that they, they were so new nobody knew who anybody was I mean Jerry was just a stand-up he wasn't an actor I have to say and and he was really <laughs> He got super embarrassed that we had to kind of like cuddle on the sofa. He got, he was very, very shy. Um, but Jason was very, very warm and fun. And nobody knew who he was. I mean, he'd done some Broadway and he'd done some, I think he was in like Pretty Woman, some, a couple of films, you know, a little bit here and there, but he wasn't what he became. So he was really friendly and nice. And he took me to lunch. I, yeah, I barely saw Julia Louis-Dreyfus because we didn't really have any interactions. But anyway, it was so it was very pleasant. And and um, Larry David was on the set a lot because they were writing kind of as they went. So that's probably an unusual element. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we we're going to ask you what your impression of Larry David was as a showrunner. Um, well... When we got to the scene, we were rehearsing the the stuff on the sofa where we're like on our date back at Jerry's apartment. Oh, and that's a great scene. You know, it ended up being a really fun scene, but I I don't remember what the original script was because when we were in rehearsals, it was very different from anything I've ever experienced on any other show. We sat there, Larry came in, he sat over by the cereal in the kitchen, you know. And just we would start and kind of and then Larry'd throw out something and he, and then we'd try that and then Jerry'd say something we'd try that and so they were kind of writing on the fly like while we were rehearsing and it was it, it, there was something kind of unusual in that usually when you were the guest star no one really very much cares what you think about things <laughs> but. <laughs> But they did. They kept asking me, uh, uh, is that funny? Is that funny? I'm like, yeah, I think that's funny. And then we'd say something and we'd try something different. So it, it was much more of a work in progress than it probably would have been if they had fully prepared the script ahead of time. But that might have actually helped the script because we, you know, worked it. Oh, that's really interesting. And in that scene, it, it kind of opens with Jerry talking about suicide, and he says how. So weird. <laughs> yeah, if one's going to kill oneself, you know, the least you could do is leave a note. That's kind of how he was brought up. But in the original script, they actually had Jerry telling you about his pony remark from a previous episode and how oh, it could have led to Monty's death. You actually have the original script because I don't remember it. That's interesting. Yeah, no, they mentioned it on the DVDs. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he talks about Manya's death, and he kind of 
cavalierly says how he could be responsible for her death. You know, he doesn't really think much of it. So I was just wondering if you remember that or why they took that out. No. And, you know, I wouldn't have seen that episode probably. So I wouldn't have maybe gotten the reference. And so I probably just went, ah, it's not working and they're just moving on. So I wouldn't have thought about it. So that's interesting. Yeah. Another interesting thing about the original script was yeah. they actually reveal Kramer's first name, which is Conrad with a K. I thought it was Cosmo. Yeah, no, in season six, it's Cosmo. Okay. okay. So, oh, wow. Conrad. Yeah. No, Cosmo is much better. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad they I'm glad they didn't. They left that out. But getting back to that scene on the couch with Jerry, I'd love to hear more about what your experience was like working with him and if you improvised anything or made any decisions as a performer based on the feedback you were getting from him in that scene. I would say that Jerry, like I said, he was so shy. And uh, you know, he ended up after all, you know, being on the show for a while, he became a seasoned sitcom actor. But at the time, he really wasn't. He was new. And, you know, stand-ups don't have romantic scenes. So I think he was a little uncomfortable. So it definitely worked in the scene. And I found myself working hard at trying to kind of loosen him up and make him which again, I think kind of worked in the scene because Don is accepting his crazy remarks about suicide and <laughs> pants and things, you know, that he's talking about because he talks about some really awkward things, like not the things a guy would normally talk about on a date, but um, I seem to be kind of, I'm enjoying it. And we, and we kind of seem to enjoy each other, which was sad when it all went ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's honestly, why you're like one of my favorite girlfriends because you really do respond well to like Jerry's dementia and just right. these crazy remarks that he has. But you're also very comfortable with it. Like, you know, you're kind of cuddling up to him. You're like, really? Well, I like that commercial. You know, you're very open and very just completely blows it. I mean, he does, doesn't he? He really blows it. Oh, yeah. wow. And because he's only, because I guess he has a comedian's mind. He's thinking about it in terms of like, you know, logically, like how could she possibly like that commercial? <laughs> it's just it's so just stupid. Awful. Like you just there. I do remember there being some talk that I've heard since then from like Seinfeld websites and stuff that I was the first of Jerry's like capricious dumpings. I think this is true, you know, because he always had some problem with the date, but that apparently I was the first one that he just just couldn't handle some minutia detail, you know, and there was some talk during the shooting of the scene uh, in the rehearsals about whether he would, would he really, you know, this is a pretty girl, she's definitely interested, would he really just not be able to get past the pants, and you know, he could not. It's like they decided, no, he can't take it. He just can't keep his fingers off this, you know, this like this sore. He can't stop touching. <laughs> and and then it, I think it kind of informed the rest of the series and all of his other, you know, capricious dumpings. Wow, that is a great point. Yeah, because yeah. I think about it, you're right. He's the first one that he breaks up with over this very petty reason. Right, right. <laughs> and. Did anybody mention to you that Jerry hated the commercial in real life? I don't remember. I don't. They were stupid commercials. I mean, did you did you, did you ever look them up? They're very silly. 
It was just I like the guy in your pants. I, I don't know. He was he was hundred percent right about the commercials. They were they were kind of dubbed, but anyway. But that's why I love this episode because I just think it's a quintessential Seinfeld episode because it's written by Larry and Jerry, and you know that Jerry hates the commercials in real life, but I think it's Larry is the one that doesn't let Jerry let up on the fact that she likes that commercial. Like that that's all Larry David. So it's the two of them working together creating yeah, this, I mean, they definitely, this amazing scene. They definitely had a great rapport. In the, they got each other's senses of humor, and Jerry was willing to go to the place that Larry led him. And uh, yeah, they definitely did work together well. And did you know that George's storyline in this episode was based on something that happened to Larry? He tried to steal a tape out hear, of a girlfriend's answering machine? I did, I did hear that, actually, it, which just makes sense, right? What what I also kind of love now is that it's it was an episode that no one remembered. No one ever talked about or, it, you know, it wasn't on the top 10 list of you know, for many years. But recently. It's only now that people who were kind of Seinfeld connoisseurs have suddenly decided that this was a really good episode and it started turning up on those top 10 lists. And I think it's interesting because no one, first of all, no one knows what an answering machine tape is anymore. It's completely <laughs> obsolete. And no one knows what Cotton Dockers commercials are. So it has these two major references that I'm surprised anybody even gets. And I feel like I, I have a lot of young friends. I have a 20-year-old son, and his friends are just now discovering Seinfeld. And they love it. And I think, wow, what, how do they, how do they identify with this? You know, but, oh, well, I guess funny is funny. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's also a universal truth of like trying to do anything to, you know, not do, not screw up in front of a woman, you know, no matter what you have to do. And you could like modernize that, but you know, the tape machine is that sort of thing. And also stupid commercials. There's always stupid commercials around yeah. for yeah. all kinds of different products. So I think that's kind just, of what lends itself to the timeless the aspect. Girl likes that you go, eh, really? You like that? You know, I so I do like <laughs> I think that makes sense. And well, you kind of mentioned them a little bit earlier, but you had the great scene with Jason and Michael in this episode where they both blow up Jerry's spot about the Cotton Dockers commercial. So yes. what were they like to work with? I mean, Jason was just the kindest guy. And since then, might run into him numerous times. And he's always, you know, Gretchen. Once, you know, he's very, very warm, very, um, very giving actor, very kind and funny. I mean, he was just a terrific guy. Michael Richard was a little bit, also a little shy. I think that sometimes when you, again, the guest spot, and it's if you're the girl, and you're kind of a little, I, I you know, I, I, funny guys are off, often a little bit uncomfortable with, with like kind of like, you know, pretty girl kind of types. And he was a little shy also. He was funny. We mostly just my major interaction with him was just backstage waiting to walk in for our scene for our, our that last scene because you know I had to go in first and then he shows up but we were backstage just kind of waiting to go in and uh so but that and he he also he, he's funny and and that also might be one of the first 
times that Kramer comes sliding into a room like that, you know. Um, and it was definitely, uh, I mean, the, the reaction from the entire set was was pretty great for him, too. Anything else you remember about Jerry, even off camera, just uh, talking with him at all? Let's see. Um, he was he he was obsessed with a watch he wanted to get. He went on and on basically about this watch. He had to have this watch. And he uh, at some point decided he was going to go during lunch. I know it was like somewhere in Beverly. He had to go drive, drive to Barney's or someplace to get this watch. And uh, and then he brought it in. And we all had to ooh and all over his watch. You know, he, I, you know, he he wasn't as social as Jason, you know, he wasn't the guy that would like take you to lunch or something like that. But he, and I think he also was always working. You know, he was, he was with the, the creative team more than hanging with the actors. Whereas Jason would kind of hang with the guys, you know, we were all kind of hanging out together. Um, and he, and he had, I'm sure the pressure of his name was the name of the show, you know, but, and they also, I know for, he had a, it, at that time was when they still had that weird little stand-up bit in the episodes where he comes out and does the stand-up thing. And I remember, I remember when he had to shoot that. I remember I actually went in and kind of sat in the back of the audience while he was shooting that. Um, oh wow! And I they they just kind of let me wander in because I was out of out of sight, you know. But um, it was shot on and like another, it wasn't on the day that we shot the rest of the show. It was on like, you know, Monday or something. Um, and I don't, yeah. When did they stop doing that? How long did, it was just the first couple seasons, right? No, they did stand up bits. Well, in the beginning, they did them more frequently, like maybe three or four per episode. And then it was oh. one in the beginning, one at the end until right. season seven. And really? then, wow. Oh, yeah, because, well, by after season seven, Larry left and Jerry was just too busy to do it. Um, but, yeah, they kept some of the season seven episodes only had one. Right. But they they kept them for a while. Yeah. And going back to your episode, we really enjoyed Corey Pallone's performance, who played Carol. Um, did you get to spend any time with her that week? A little bit. Um, you know, I, I don't know what happened to her. I don't think she went on to do. I don't think she's still an actress. I think she stopped soon after Seinfeld. Um, she was a little bit, I, I kind of got that sense from her and she was very funny. She, she really is funny, but I, oh, I, don't yeah. know. I, I think she wasn't really into Hollywood showbiz thing. And she just, um, I mean, we did, we hung out a little bit, but it, we didn't become friends or anything, but she was completely nice. And, um, and yeah, I love the whole bit, her bit with Jason, which is kind of brilliant. And I think that was also kind of a defining moment for the character of George, the girlfriend in the in the whole phone message thing and that crazy scheme they hatched with the what was the the tippy toe tippy toe tippy toe yeah, lemon tree <laughs> yeah, right what was it apple tree or lemon tree they they had tippy toe and lemon tree <laughs> that's it. So silly. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things in the show is when Jerry and George are trying to figure out a problem. You know, it's just right, that's right. that's the heart of the show. Um, yeah. Another reason why I love this episode so much. 
well, they all really messed it up for me. But, you know, George and, and Kramer, they all did. They all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, you know, encouraging him to, to do this crazy thing, to obsess over minutia. <laughs> by the way, where did you film those scenes in Jerry's car? Was that because I know they didn't have the New York Street by that point. Was no, that on the he, set? Was that outside? He was, on, he was on the stage. They had a. It was on the night when the audience was in place and they had a car just kind of over, I think two cars, because weren't they the other, you know, the George and the Tories character were in a car also. They had a setup in a car and I, I'm guessing that the audience could see playback just on a screen above them of what we wrote, of what they were shooting. Because so, they, I think they were laughing in real time, and they shot us um, in just sitting in the car, kind of off on the side of the stage. Oh, so there was an audience for that episode, because I yeah. wasn't sure, because it was so rushed, I wasn't sure if there was. An no, audience. there was. There was definitely an audience. And how did the audience respond to the material on show night? Oh, show nights are always fun. You know, they they always have a warm up guy who comes in and gets everybody kind of revved up. I don't at that time I wouldn't. Don't quote me, but I suspect that Jerry probably went out and talked to the audience a little bit first also. Um, but, yeah, the, definitely the response was very positive. And, and people immediately, I, I don't know if the audience had seen the show before, you know, because it was so new. It might have seemed new to them, but I, didn't, I don't remember the reaction being at all hesitant. They definitely loved the show. They definitely got the humor. And I thought you had a very memorable look in this episode, especially yeah. when you're wearing that yellow sweater. I don't know why. Something about it, it just sticks out to me. So that's were funny. those your clothes or was that from wardrobe? No, that's all wardrobe. They, uh, yeah, the thing about my look in that show that I remembered the most was this controversy we had about my hair. Because at the time, I had a whole lot of big, you know, what, what year was it? 1990 or something? It was a whole lot of hair. And I wore it curly and up in a little clip on top of my head. I later, when I, like a year or so later, I did wings. And that's the way I wore my hair on that show, up in this little thing. And it was the same way that Julia Louis-Dreyfus wore her hair. You remember how she had the curly hair with the little clippy on top? and. Yeah. They decided that I could not have the same hair as Elaine, which is silly. Like they thought they were going to get us mixed up or something. You know, <laughs> I'm like a foot taller than she is. And But so they, then there was an actual argument about this. Like, whoa, it's just me about her hair. You know, so they ended up blowing it straight. So I have just so much hair. It looks, it's incredible. It's really long. And it every time I see it, which I have to admit, it's not like I sit and watch old Seinfeld episodes very often. But every time I see it, I go, oh, my God, look at my hair. It was crazy. I mean, I, you know, anyway. But, yeah, that's funny. It's the yellow sweater. Yeah, I don't know why that sticks out to me, but it's just every time I think of your character, I think of that outfit yeah. and that scene. Oh, that, well, thank you. Yeah. I wish. I, yeah, I used to always try to steal clothes, but they never let me. Every now and then you could buy something. You know, you try to just swipe some clothes off a set. <laughs> yeah, that's the scene when you're having the wine with Jerry. He tells you that uh, he's never seen I Love Lucy before. 
and then everything comes to a head when you know George and Kramer come in. Yeah, but, I only, and I, in the retrospect, I also think it's kind of weird that Jerry was having a glass of wine because you never see yeah. him having a glass of wine. You know, he'll have like orange juice or he's they're at the coffee shop. So I don't know. Maybe that was something they were kind of experimenting with. Like he was kind of, you know, it was a date. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, once in a great while, it's true, it was odd to see, but yeah, once in a great while, you'll see like a glass of wine or a beer, but yeah. it, it is rare, yeah. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because I actually thought it was odd that he was drinking orange juice on the date. Like, you could see him during the day drinking orange juice, but on a date, I thought it was kind of odd. No, you're right. It's it's weird. Do you remember if there was any talk about, I know they focus on every detail, like, was there any talk about there was definitely talk about that kind of thing that was the kind of thing that we were kind of going back and forth on when we were sitting there on the sofa and larry was throwing stuff out you know what were they drinking who are you drinking i you know I, and i think you know i think i was enjoying my glass of wine because i was trying to you know kind of get him loosened up a little bit you know <laughs> trying hard trying hard were there any additional lines or scenes you had that didn't make it into the episode think so no no all, all the scenes that we that i was in were definitely in in it um they were pretty you know it, sometimes when you're on a a sitcom that if you're on something that's new and especially something that they're unsure about then there's so much back and forth and things get cut and things get added. You know, I, I, there's a lot of insecurity, but these guys, even though they were new, they were very secure. They definitely, they shot what they wanted to shoot and uh, they knew what they wanted. They, they worked on it and they, we worked on it together and it evolved, but they were definitely confident about the point of view of the characters. And, and I, man, maybe that's one thing that came across well in the show is that there was no hesitancy. So they weren't um, insecure and, 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 and having a strong point of view is kind of what makes the show so special. A point of view about the humor and also a point of view about what, how the characters would react to a situation. Do you have a favorite scene you were in or a favorite line that you said? Oh, I, I mean, probably the sofa scene was the most fun. I, you know, what's funny when I think of it, I don't think of a line, but I think of a reaction. Like when it was when he just wouldn't stop going on about those damn commercial, you know, those pants. And there's a moment where I just remember just giving up on him. Just like, like in that scene, like that kind of the end of the scene where it's like, okay, fine, we'll just sit here and I'll drink my wine and you can talk about pants. But I obviously gave him another chance because I came back. So, yeah. Yeah. So I must have had something. I don't know. There must have been something there. Yeah, exactly. Which cast member's performance impressed you the most? Oh, that's interesting. They were all really good. But I, I that's interesting. I've kind of. Me, in some ways, it was Michael Richards because it was so just nuts. You know, he 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 was so big and uh, the ability to just come in and make a scene and then, you know, leave. Jason also, I mean, again, he, he was just so strong. He just, 
uh, and genuinely funny and not trying to be funny, just funny. And you've obviously worked on other sitcoms both before and after Seinfeld. So how was Seinfeld different compared to some of those other shows? Again, like I said, the fact that they actually listened to my input was kind of amazing. I, it just so happens so seldom. Um, also, the fact that it was so new and yet so... Um, it, it, all already well considered. It was kind of exciting. It was. It's one thing. Sometimes when you go on a show that's been on for years, they have a whole thing kind of going on, and and you as a guest person, you, you're just kind of you're the day worker. You know, you're coming in, you're doing your thing. You're there for a week, but you, you kind of get to know people a little bit. But um, there was definitely an energy of excitement on the set that that these were smart people doing something special. And I remember Tom Chironis, the director, was the same way. He was also very funny, very um, just a, a, a strong presence. And Larry David was the same way, just funny and, and there a lot. And, and there are very few shows that have that kind of a presence from the director and from the writers, you know, from the showrunner to actually be there so much. It's, that's very unusual from my experience anyway. Yeah, and it seemed like the early years of Seinfeld, even though they weren't the number one show, they did have this cult following and they were almost like this cool show that only a handful yeah. of people could really get before they, yes. you know, before they blew up. Uh, Definitely. I think I think Jerry said it, it felt like their own little garage band before they eventually moved to Thursday nights and became the number one show. That's that's interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, we were definitely having fun, you know, all by ourselves. But but like I said, there was the feedback from my agents had been excited. So there had to have been they were more than a garage band. He might have felt that way. But I think that the industry saw it as something a little more interesting than that. A little more thoughtful. Do you have a favorite memory from your time on the show? The, uh, the fact that it was such a short rehearsal time did make it a little I don't want to say rushed I don't think we were rushed but we were maybe a little rushed but we didn't have time to hang out and um and have fun I mostly remember the actual night of the shooting so I guess I guess the night we shooting actually shooting the episode was the most fun the and certainly the most memorable we just did our work and uh and every everyone showed up and did a good job and it was funny and um I th- yeah i think i'm proud of i'm proud of what i did on it and i think that it was a show that the the working environment fostered that it fostered people to show up and do their best and have fun with it and you mentioned that jason took you out to lunch was that just the yeah. two of you on the set did you go somewhere it was no, it was me and Jason and Tori and the girl and oh, maybe somebody else. I feel terrible if I've forgotten someone. But, you know, he was like, hey, let me take you to lunch. So we there was some place over there by the studio over in Rapport that I, it wasn't on like on the lot. I think it was like across the street. There were several restaurants over there. He, we just went over and he, he, he 
took us out. He treated us, which was kind of sweet. He was uh, just a generous, nice guy to be around. Have you had any interesting Seinfeld fan encounters over the years? Oh, I get weird letters often from from people. Not as many weird letters as I get from the one episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I did there are a lot of weird people. And I have to say, I'm a bit of a Trekkie. I do love me some Star Trek. Um, but people get really into that and, and want to know all about my character. Um, to me now, the funniest interactions I have with fans are people that are like young people that are friends of my sons that, that would, would see something and go, Oh my God, this is mom. You know, like they can't, because you know, they don't, and my son's really embarrassed by the whole thing. He's completely just, he won't, he never watched it. He would never watch anything I ever did for years. And it wasn't until his friends actually said, oh, I saw your mom and Seinfeld's really funny that he that he watched it. And and he didn't even tell me he watched it. A friend of his said, oh, yeah, he showed it to us and we all watched it together. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so so that's kind of funny now, you know. But um, I think Seinfeld fans, even though people are a little, are, you know, aficionados, get very interested in the details of, you know, of every episode, I think that everyone's pretty smart and not crazy guys in prison writing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those kind of fans. And you mentioned your son watching you on Seinfeld. That reminds me of Jason told a funny story about because his son wanted to know what the big hype was about George Costanza. So he's, you know, he gave him some DVDs. He said, hey, go go watch. And he comes back about an hour later and he's and, you know, Jason's like, what do you think? And he's just like, Dad, you're an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There you go. Kids are freaked out by their parents. (laughs) If they're celebrity parents at all, it's hard to the fine line between reality and make-believe yeah. it's a little hard on kids to get <laughs> i can't even imagine and before we move on to our final segment is there anything we didn't ask you or any other stories you'd like to share with us from your time on seinfeld i feel like no let me think i feel like i don't have any stories i should have more stories for you but i don't no, I, I, know, I think it's because the time, the rehearsal time was so short that we didn't do a lot of hanging and stuff. No, you've had some great stories. Thank you for sharing them with us. Wow. All right. So before we let you go, we're just going to move on to our final segment. It's called This, That and the Other. So basically, we just ask you a question. And the first thing that comes to mind, you let us know. OK, this is pressure. All right. <laughs> no, no, no pressure. <laughs> so first question, what is your favorite film? First thing that came in my head was Annie Hall. Maybe oh, yeah. Favorite band or musician? Oh, man. It's that Beatles versus Stones thing. I mean, I'm a Stones fan. What can I say? And my son is actually named Jude. So people assume that I'm a Beatles fan, but, you know. 
more stones. Yeah. What role or performance are you proudest of? That's really hard. I I mean I think I I I've done work in some tiny little weird independent films that I really love that no one's ever seen. Um. I mean, I, recently, I mean, the most recent, I haven't worked now in a while as an actor much, really much at all, but I um, I really enjoy my, my little scene I had on Modern Family, and I felt like that was kind of strong. Um, and I also, I, you know, I people now mostly know me from, for, like, comedy stuff, but I did some dramas back in the day, and, you know. NYPD Blue, I felt really good about, and some of those were, um, you know, it was more acting, but the comedy's definitely fun. The role you didn't get that you really wanted. Oh, well, I have many of those, actually. I would test for pilots and that kind of thing. I, The first thing that came to mind was that a friend of mine got actually was um was Roz on Frasier I remember auditioning for that and then Perry my friend Perry Gilpin ended up getting it she and I went to college together oh no way oh my I'm a huge Frasier fan I love Perry Gilpin yeah and uh, we went to college together University of Texas oh that's so cool do you have any stories about like auditioning for Roz or like what, what any not really I mean I I, I auditioned for a lot of those things. It, it is sort of like, man, you know, I didn't get them. And so you try to kind of forget because there was always, you know, you test and you'd like pilots, you go in on things over and over and you always think, oh, you know, I didn't get it, whatever. That, I, remember I had this one weird thing happen because you always assume, ah, I must have been terrible, or, you know, actors are always feeling bad about themselves. But I remember once I, I was going in for just auditioning for a part, and I'd signed in on the little sheet that you, that you have to sign in on. And a woman came up after me, and she's look, and she stops, and she goes, oh, my God, where's who's Gretchen German? Where's Gretchen German? I'm like, uh, me? And she had this story that was fascinating. She said that her boyfriend was this guy who was a stand-up, whose name I don't remember. And he he had, they were doing a pilot for him. You know, there was a time period right after Seinfeld when every single stand-up got his own pilot. And some of them, you know, there's Ray Romano. That one, I auditioned for that one too, for his wife, for the the wife on, on uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. Several times oh, wow. I auditioned for that. Did not get that one either. But um, so this, I, I went in and auditioned for this pilot for this, I don't know, we'll call him Joe because I don't remember his name. So Joe had this pilot. He was, and he was auditioning with me. And I went in several times to play the part of his wife. And I thought, God, this is going so well. We had a great chemistry. The room was hysterical. They were laughing. It all seemed to go great. And then I never heard anything more. So this woman at this audition, she says that it turns out this Joe was her boyfriend and that when they were doing his this pilot, which ended up failing, this pilot never went, that he had wanted me as his wife. 
desperate way. And they'd had this huge argument with, you know, with the writers because the writers said that they said that I was too pretty and that he would know I would never have married him. (laughs) It became this joke, like, like, Every time someone would come in and they'd audition and they go, well, what about her? And the, and the Joe guy, he'd be like, well, she's no Gretchen German. That it became this running joke throughout the casting. And they ended up finding someone that the writers thought would be an appropriate wife for him. And then the whole thing bailed. And he, he, he just kept saying, well, if I'd had Gretchen German, it would be a whole different story. And so the the woman at the audition said that I had actually become like a bone of contention in their relationship. That every now and then there would be a she'd be like, well, fine, and, you know, I guess I'm just not Gretchen German. Oh no. <laughs> so it was weird. It was interesting because you know it's a lesson learned for actors that you you assume, eh, I, they just didn't like me, and it turned out they did like me, and it just wasn't. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't anything my fault. It was just the way things were, which is kind of that problem with acting. It's not a meritocracy, you know, it's very subjective and, you know, everybody has an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a weird backhanded compliment to be like, right? well, you're just, you're just too pretty. So we can't, we can't hire you. <laughs> like, She'd never marry you. And yeah, then okay. the actress that was his girlfriend was like, what does that mean about me? Am I not pretty enough? What is that? Oh wow! Just just a whole can of worms. Yeah, yeah. It was. The actor you worked with, who was the most different from the character he or she played? Hmm. Maybe Jason. I mean, he was because he's such a sweet guy, and as his son said, you know, Dad, you're kind of an asshole. You know, he was like <laughs> nothing like the George character. Really, nothing. Most starstruck you've ever been on the set of a film or TV show? Oh. Um, this little starstruck, and that was when I did that Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Because I'm a Trekkie and kind of a big dork about it, I went around obsessing over every little detail that the prop guys had. And I remember that I got to go on to the the bridge of the Voyager and poke around when it was not being used. And you know, luckily this was before the day of social media. So I wasn't going to taking pictures of everything, but I was super into it and working with like, you know, the Star Trek guys, that was amazingly fun and cool. And final thing, favorite moment of your career. Again, that's a really toughie. I mean, in some ways, um, some of the favorite moments are things that weren't things anyone would have seen. Things like theater. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm not coming up with anything interesting. No, that's okay. Well, you, I'm curious. You you mentioned some independent films. Uh, I'd love to know one that you recommend. I'd, I would definitely go see it. Uh, you know what? I don't. Like I. I I did this tiny little thing called What Matters Most that I don't even know if it's anywhere around. And some of my best stuff got edited out, but it's still, it was a really um, a great experience and a different part for me because I got to play this like Texas mom and that was kind of fun. 
I, I will have to say that being like, there is a certain cachet to being a Seinfeld girl. And at, at one point in time, this is so strange, but my son went to a tiny little Catholic school in LA. I, we're talking like 30 kids per class, a tiny little class, little school. And at one time there were three Seinfeld moms there. There's like wow. the moms of, of kids. One of them being Heidi, the one who played Susan. Susan. Oh. She, her two daughters went to school with my, with my son. And oh, that's um, so cool. isn't that weird? And, and Marita Garrity, who I can't remember the character she played. She it was later on in the show. She had long red hair. Oh, She's, wait, was she, um, Eric, was she Margaret? I think so. Yeah. That actually sounds right. That could be right. The, the one from the big salad, I think. But she's actually a friend. Like I, you know, I, I see her sometimes and, uh, and her kids also went to, went to same school. So it was, it was really this kind of odd little thing. And, uh, the little kids wouldn't have known the difference, but moms. Right. Well, yeah, no, but that's, that's so, that's like so wild. Like it's so Los Angeles. It's very Los Angeles that you you randomly. Oh yeah. 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 I, me too. Yeah. You know, I kind of think. Well, Gretchen, uh, Adam touched on it at the top of the show, but I just have to say again, we loved this episode and you were a big reason why. And it was such a pleasure that we got to talk to you today. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. All right, Gretchen, have a great night. Take care. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at theplacetobeseinfeld at gmail.com. You can also find our show on Facebook at The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast, Twitter at TPTB Seinfeld, and Instagram at theplacetobe.podcast. You can find our show on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like, please rate and review. It really helps us out. Until next time, be sure to hang up your pants for the perfect crease. Wait till you hear this. Whoa, ah, uh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't, I had no idea. I'm wait, so- wait, he's in the bathroom. Oh, well, I just wanted to talk to him for a minute, but I'll come back. You don't have to leave. You sure? Yes. Okay. I'm Donna. Donna. Oh, you're the one that likes that commercial. <laughs> he told you that. No, he, he didn't actually tell me that. Uh, we were talking about that commercial. In fact, I think I brought it up because I liked that commercial. No, he, he would never actually tell me anything like that. He never discusses anything. He's, he's like a clam. You're, you're not going to mention this to him. Because... So you go around telling your friends I'm not hip because I like that commercial. What? What did, what did you say? I said it, what? Nothing. I didn't... You, you told him how I liked the commercial. Well, so what if I said that? Well, so? You didn't have to tell your friends. No, I had to tell my friends. My friends didn't have to tell you. <laughs> Why did you have to get me in trouble? I don't like you talking about me with your friends behind my back. Boy, oh boy. I said I couldn't believe you liked that commercial. So what? I asked some friends of mine this week, and all of them liked the commercial. Boy, I bet you got a regular Algonquin round table there. <laughs> hey. Oh, uh, Kramer, uh, this is Donna. Oh. Cotton duckers. Hello. <laughs>
we should be going. Come on. What? Where are we Come going? on. Don't bother. Don't bother. I'm leaving. Donna, really, you're making too much of this. 100% cotton dockers. If they're not dockers, they're just pants. <laughs> Please, Donna. I don't want to hear it. 